back to DC Beer Show, everybody. We are at DC Beer across social media, including Twitter, which is still standing as of this moment. Woo us. Um, DCBeer.com slash events for all your events needs. Brandy, what are you drinking this lovely, not at all rainy, gloomy evening? Uh, hey, Jake. Uh, I am drinking one of my favorite beers that is not un- available in DC, unfortunately. But my friend Gregory Parnas, who lives in Vermont, went to one of my favorite, actually my favorite brewery up in in Burlington. Well, technically it's not Burlington, but close to. It's called Four Quarters. And the last time I was there, it was the size of my living room, maybe smaller, but apparently it's bigger now. But he knows that brown ales are my true love. And uh, he sent me the Great Bear which is a brown ale with chocolate malt, oh. oats and smoked malt. Oh, it's 6%. So it's perfect. And uh, it just makes me happy. And it's so cute. I love the little bear on the front. So thank you, Greg, for sending me brown ale. If anyone else wants to send me brown ale, I will happily accept. Uh, <laughs> Mike Stein, what are you drinking? What's in your Stein? Well, before I get into what's in my Stein, I'll give you a traditional holiday cheer what sale what sale red our red are our cheeks brown is our ale uh with that said yeah (laughs) just for you brandy only because you are the queen of dc beer i am drinking nimble pills from (gasps) suarez family brewery which i just dropped off for you i don't know if you've did you did you have a chance to try this nimble pills yet Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yes, very much so. Yes. Thank you for the beer drop, by the way. That was yes. so nice. All yes. of a sudden you were like, I dropped off beer. And I was like, I was home. Why didn't you ring the doorbell or be like, what up or something? I was on a mission. I dropped beer off for you. I dropped beer off for Jake Berg. I dropped beer with uh, Meth over at Atlas. I, I was Aww. I was playing uh, Hanukkah Harry, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Beer Deer, dropping beer off. Sudsy Santa. Um, Sudsy Santa Stein. It's me. Guilty as charged. (laughs) So I'm having this Nimble Pills, which is delightful. Suarez Family Brewery. They are shipping to D.C., folks. Um, (gasps) If you live in the District of Columbia, Suarez will send you a beer package. You can get uh, 16-ounce cans, or you can do some of their mixed firm uh, farm beers, if you will. They they have, like, neighboring uh, herbs and fruits and uh, doing some wonderful, like, cherry beer they have a nice mixed firm uh beer with pineapple sage yeah but lager um, though but lager though but really though nimble pills this is a perla a perla hopped uh a pilsner hopped exclusively with the perla hops which are just wonderful um suarez making some of the best lagers in the uh lower 48 right now oh yeah um jake what's in your stein what are you imbibing this evening in my Tehu glass is um, one of the fruits of the Mike Stein Beer Fairy Lot Kaleri delivery. <laughs> it, it is a 2021 Deschutes barrel aged mm. Imperial Winter Warmer with cherries. It is Ooh. Cherries Jubilee, which also sounds like something you would order at a Catskills fancy resort in like <laughs> 1965 in between filming scenes of Dirty Dancing. Yes, um, I'm so glad you said Dirty Dancing. Okay, yeah. right, good. <laughs> um, if you've had like that, the Tootsie Pop with the Cherry Center, this is mm. kind of like what it tastes like. It's like mm. a lot of chocolate, a lot of like prune, dark fruit, raisins, caramelization, and then boom, cherries. 
Mm. Um, to me, like a lot of the um, the shoots Imperial beers run like a little bit hot, and mm. so to have a 2021, mwah, um, mm. it's everything I'm looking for right now. Yum. So thanks, Mike. Hey, no problem. Yeah, um, we're gonna keep this brown ale by discussing the unfortunate uh, passing this weekend of Sterling's Rocket Frog and their Wallops Island Brown Ale, which took bronze and then two years later, a silver at Great American Beer Festival. Um, Richard Hartog's co-founder, co-owner, and I are going to discuss the economics of brown ale and Mm. why Brandy doesn't see more of them, which is disappointing. (laughs) Um, Please give it a listen, and then you've got another three days of rocket frog beer out in sterling um please drain their kegs and send them out in style um and thank you to the hartogs and to everyone over at rocket frog for the past few years i'm here with richard hartogs co-owner co-founder of rocket frog brewery in sterling virginia and richard I thank you for being here. I wish it was under different circumstances. Well, thanks for having me. And I, I definitely wish it was better circumstances also. So I guess um, we'll start with the big one. And that's, well, what what happened? We, this, uh, well, as we announced last week, uh, we're shutting our doors this Sunday. And uh, yeah, just, um, just so, there's so many things that, led us to this point that's hard to pinpoint just one little thing um i guess walk walk in traffic you know went down significantly um we pulled back from distribution so even though we were getting you know some money from that the margins weren't that good anyways so even if we were thriving in distribution that income wasn't coming in um and then um what else had you know there's some other financial issues that that happened over a year ago that we've been trying to course correct for the last year and you know as a business once you start getting into some holes and then couple with everything that's gone on the last two and a half years you know they just become insurmountable so on the economics of it you mentioned uh, leaving distribution. There were Rocket Frog cans in DC and at better beer places. Uh, you think of your norms, uh, your Dominion, Arlington Brew Shop, Department of Beer and Wine. And then starting middle of last year or so, there weren't. What were the economics of canning and getting those cans out so we stopped canning the last canning run we did well we had one this year but last november was the last canning run like really big canning run that we did um well first we we were a contract not contract we were uh using a mobile canning with ironheart and um you know right off the bat they take i think they charge i don't know exact like just say fifteen hundred dollars, just coming through the door. So at a five, a fifteen barrel system like us, even though we'd probably have thirty barrel batches when we can, you're adding 
you know, up to uh, 100, right there, $100 a barrel for beer. Um, the margins, and then for distribution, canning especially, um, the, price, the prices fluctuated a lot. Um, and um, so our margins stopped, you know, they decreased. They were already pretty bad in distribution. And the goal was, let's say we can uh, 100 cases of beer. Ideally, we'd like to sell 40 to 50 out of the tasting room. And the rest goes to distribution. And then we could get paid back from the distributor, you know, a month within a month after sending it to them. But by then, you know, you owe money on to the canning people and then to the malts and the hot, all the ingredients, you know, those are on that 30 terms. So you really have to be flush with cash for that to be sustainable. And then how are you going to price your beer in the market that it's going to move off the shelves is another big thing. Um, like our brown ale, the, the award-winning one that, you know, it's a phenomenal brown ale. I mean, we were probably taking a $9 margin per case in distribution. And for listeners at home, that's, uh, that's Wallops Island, um, two-time Great American Beer Festival medalist, um, one of the best beers in the area. Um, to win two is, it's impressive. It's a, it's a testament to the quality that you all were, were putting out. Yeah, you know, you could say the first one could be fluky, but when you add a silver to the bronze two years later, then it's not. Um, but that 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 beer, there's there's so much to talk about that beer on the business side that why it wasn't a good beer to have ultimately. So, brandy uh, is forever complaining about a lack of local brown ales. Uh, we know Lost Rhinos got one, and we can go into a grocery store and we can see Bells and Avery. Uh, but in terms of the locals, every so often someone will do a very limited canning run. Uh, but yes, let's talk about the the, the economics of it's for lack of a better it's a it's not the world's most popular style. Right. So, so you know, Russell Carpenter, we, our former brewer, came from Mass- uh, brewery Massachusetts, and this is one of the things he really wanted to have. And um, I was um, always kind of against it from the big be- at the beginning because we know they don't sell. But once we try, he sent us a growler from Massachusetts, and there was something very different about it. And it was was this part of the interview process for Russell? Yeah, it was. He sent those before we actually flew them down, but we we had it and. There was something different about this. It was just it was so much better than any brown I had. You know, it didn't have that fatiguing malt maltiness that a lot do. And so we go, okay, we'll we'll put it on, you know, as one of our flagships. And it's a recipe he kept tweaking and tweaking and you know, brought brought down with him. And it was really good to have at the beginning, because I think the only other brown ale in distribution was from Aleworks in Williamsburg. Um, and then since it was one of the few beers we sent out in distribution, keg only, we sold out pretty fast and we 
through the second batch. And that second batch, you know, four months old, is the one that won the medal. And then, you know, a few months later, we started canning. Um, let's fast forward to after Russell departed Rocket Frog last year, last December. I started, For listeners, Russell is now at the Solace Outpost in Falls Church. Yes, and you can actually find that beer under a different name there. Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad the beer lives on now for those yeah. of you guys who want it. Um, you know, the recipes, you know, they're owned by Rockify, but there's no really proprietary thing from stopping him. So, yeah, so I'll, I'll keep my personal feelings out of that one. Yeah, I, uh, I assume that you are not going to lawyer up. Um, no, you know, I... Yeah. Honestly, unless, unless they call it Wallops, Wallops Islander or something. No, I, th- yeah. no, I think it's, for those of you who really want it, it's Broad Street Brown. And, um, no, I think that was a really good beer. But so I digress. So back last February, you know, we were, we were really struggling in February. Actually had a vegan, a vegan pop-up at the, at the brewery one day in early February, cold day. And it was, man, we were packed. It was amazing. But that day, because of we, the vegans, yeah, it was like dumbfounded. Good but work, it, vegans. Cool. It was also like you know it's probably about thirty-five degrees, um, but we saw I think about close to a hundred pints of Helenor or Hel or Hellas Lager, easy drinking, and going through the number, we sold five pints all day of Wild Island. And that's on a thirty-five degree day when you would think a brown ale would move. It should have done thirty or something that day, but then, and then so from that, and I and I took over all the um, ingredient uh, ordering. You know, working with other brewers, we had some guest brewers and other, and that one I took a deep dive in, and it was twelve malts and oats. And um, if you so you're buying all these grains, you're not using all the bags. There's a lot of you know, open bags of grains on the shelves. And so, well, the amount of, it costs more to make, you know, costs more to buy the ingredients for the beer than actually to make it. So, and on top of that, you're making nine bucks a case once right. you've paid off iron, heart, right. and we're looking at fluctuations in fuel prices, aluminum. Carbon dioxide. Yeah, I mean, all the, you know, there's so many factors, and and then you know, if we want to change our pricing with the distributor, we have to give them 30 days notice, also. But at that point, to me, that that beer is economically just not sustainable, and it maybe should have just been a seasonal beer instead of a flagship. When you take the uh, emotions out of how good the beer is, I think there's a fascinating discussion to be had because. I'm sure the distributors were pleased if you're only, if you're a distributor, what you want are SKUs. Um, You want to put product on the shelves and you want breweries to make things that other breweries aren't doing. And so a brown ale makes sense from the distributor standpoint, but when they go back to you, it makes less sense if it takes... 11 herbs and spices, um, as opposed to saying a smash, like a single malt, single hop um, beer, or even if you've got an IPA base and then you're kind of, you're rotating through select hops. Exactly. 
you know, the beer did great in distribution. Everyone made money off it in distribution except for us. Uh, that that's kind of my personal feeling on that beer of how it did, but it it moved relatively slow in the tasting room, and it was never the top fifty percent mover in the tasting room. Um, so so by that that February day was the nail in the coffin of that beer. That's that's when you knew when everyone was outside um, on the patio, thirty five degrees, eating vegan food and drinking Hellas as opposed to uh, brown right. ale. Right, exactly. And the fact you know, we I, I think we canned it in November. You know, we sent a lot to distribution. It it still took a while to sell out of the cans in the in our tasting room too. And you know, part of that was people weren't coming in as much, but. Yeah, and then so say we raise the price to our distributor because you know there's always we sell it to them for one price and it's a markup to the retailer who marks it up to the consumer. Yeah, so, costs have to get passed along at some right. point. So we would have had to sell it to our distributor at a higher, you know, probably even if we even added eight bucks or five bucks to it, that was that would have turned it into probably an eighteen dollar four pack for a brown ale, which for local brown ale too, which, you know, on the uh, retail side, that's expensive for a brown ale. Yeah. Even though that's what it really would cost. We've seen craft beer customers pay $18 for a four pack, 16 ounce cans of IPA, but brown ale would be uncharted territory. Exactly. And same, same with our angry, angry Alice, which I thought was one of our best beers. Like that beer got so expensive to make. How come Angry Angry Alice double IPA got so expensive to make? I think it was well, A it was always expensive, but um, I mean that, the cost of that, if you know anything about barrel pricing, was about two hundred seventy-five dollars a barrel to make. Considering the Hellas is about seventy-four, just the but the malts, the amount of malts that went into it, and, and the hops too. You were using choice hops, some of the cryo hops too, which are very expensive. You know, looking back on it, I think it would have been a good one to have as a maybe three three times a year. Instead, we it's twenty two percent of our production days. I mean, there's there's a reason that we in DC don't see DC Brow making wings on the wings of Armageddon a bit more often. Again, um, it's it's a nine percent American double IPA. Um, a lot of Falconer's flight, um, and an awful lot of malt goes in goes into that. You know, at the beginning, you know, we're like, man, this is such a great beer. You know, we're West Coast hotheads that hit all the right notes with the hop with the hop bill on it. Um, it sold out fast. We it always moved okay in the tasting room because it's a really strong beer. The cans always moved of it. Growlers always moved of it. Um, yeah, so. So, like in December is when I started taking a deep dive into the. This is is this December twenty twenty one? Yeah, last yeah, yeah a year ago. Um, my brother and I we had different lanes when running the brewery. He was more on the financial side, and I was in the social side, event side, tap room kind of management side. So I, you know, to me, it was you know, you work with your brother. It's good to kind of had your lanes but it kind of didn't work out because once i saw everything it was like oh man 
spending way too much on these things. So what, what was a money maker in terms of profit margins? I mean, Helenor sounds like it, it did all right. Helenor did fantastic. Uh, when we had our check Pilsner, that did really well. Zaba, um, I believe that was, yeah, yeah. Yes, that, uh, that, that was a nice one. Yeah, that, that was a great one. Uh, single IPAs did pretty well too. But that, yeah, there's some other beers that were made that I didn't want made, especially in the last year and a half. You know that hashtag BIL barley line is barley, barley wine, wine is life. Is life. Um, are yeah. we are we going to discuss shame and torment and barrel aged shame yeah. and torment now? Uh, barley wine is death. <laughs> Not in the style, <laughs> but it's a- barley wine is death. <laughs> so. I guess March 2021, the last batch was made, and it was kind of, I don't remember discussing it in the beer program. That's a $400 per barrel cost when you add in a ton of malts, the barrel, you know, buying the barrels, and then you age it for like nine months. Yeah, it takes takes up real estate in the brewery. And it does not move whatsoever. I mean... You may sell two goblets or three goblets here and there. So on that note, yeah, because we have 48 hours left, really three days, this is Friday, to enjoy yeah. Rocket Frog, I assume cans are long gone. I mean, you haven't done a canning run in a year. There's no packaging. There's no shame. There's no, there are no bottles, no, no, no 375s of shame and torment lying around. Bring your growlers and then plan... A night in. So we the rate we were selling it this you know this past year, the amount of barley wine we have left right now before we send last kegs of distribution, it's forty two months worth. So if I if I were doomsday prepping barley wine, um, barley I wine, know, I would I would know where to go. Right. So you know it's it's a it's a very good barrel aged barley wine, but again just. The economics and stuff. You, you know, I'm I'm talking about some of our mismanagement of our brew program and, and such, but I think a lot of other factors came in this year to why we're at this point now. I think those may have just expedited <laughs> to where we're at now. But can I ask if that played a role in Russell leaving and heading to La Salas Outpost in Falls Church? I think Russell kind of saw I mean he saw the writing on the wall. And you know, I've, you know, he he, you know, he's got a a family with a young child, so he has to make a decision, and we all do have to make decisions what's best for us and most stable for us. And you know, I live pretty close to Salas Outpost, so I've gone in a lot and had his beer still. Um, you know, because I really think highly of his beers. All right, Richard. So what's What's on tap this weekend at Rocket Frog? So we're going to have a big blowout party, I guess. I don't say blowout party. You know, we're not blowing anything up either. Uh, I've got a Nepalese food truck. Assuming they show up, we know how food trucks are. Um, you know, we'll be. I've got live music almost all day long. All, a lot of my friends are in bands and offer to play for free. So great. That's nice of them. Yeah, so it'll be that and. If you're listening, coming, don't treat it like a funeral. <laughs> it's you know we're we're really happy with our accomplishments. We're just disappointing how it ended up. Yeah, but you know don't 
don't cry because um, it's over, smile because it happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I will say, you know, after we're gone, really make sure you visit your favorite breweries, especially in the Sterling area, because it's it's lean times out there uh, for us. And, you know, people, are, people have been coming in like crazy the last two weeks, and it's really great. And a lot of them say, sorry, I couldn't get back here. And, you know, I get it. everyone has their own things, but it's, um, you know, just ch- check it. If you have a favorite brewery, check it and, um, and see how they're doing. And, you know, I mean, no one's going to tell you if they're doing really shitty, even, if, you know, if they are. But, you know, the, the, there's ways to say, hey, you know, we're doing okay. But check it on your favorite breweries, drink your favorite beers from them. And Yeah. Um, as a kind of a grim finale to that. Yeah. Virginia's brewery boom really, really took off in 2014, 2015. There are a lot of 10-year leases uh, in office parks in Northern Virginia uh, that are coming up for renewal. And I'm sure that there are landlords and there are brewery owners who are trying to work out, um, you know, what the next five or 10 year lease looks like. Um, but my worry is that rocket rocket frog is, this is not an isolated incident. Um, this is this, you know, um, this yours wasn't lease related. I don't think, uh, no, but no, lease is solid. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was not an anchor for us. Yeah. But I mean, don't, don't, don't be surprised if uh, you see more in the next thirty-six, you know, months or so. Oh, that would probably or, say six months. Yeah. That without you know, I don't want to mention anyone's names that that sort of thing, but just kind of having an idea of the optics of what some of these breweries are doing. Um, you know, it's kind of. Uh, yeah, it's the the writing's on the wall there for, you know, it's been on the wall for us since a year ago, and you know I could see others. So I guess that's why I was just saying, you know, pay attention to your brewer, your favorite breweries, and go and go visit them, because you know, <laughs> sometimes sometimes you may you may be the difference for helping them make a payroll and stay open longer. Amen. Thanks so much for that, Richard. I, I echo his sentiments. Thank you for joining us. Um, Richard, I hope I hope to see you this Saturday, if not before. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on. Much appreciated. All right, Brandy, in addition to Rocket Frog, we've got other events. What's coming up? Well, I wanted to have like this whole spiel about rocket frog but you kind of took my thunder and that's okay because rocket frog deserves all the all the 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 sad like trombone thunder going out noise right now it's so sad um happy dc uh december dc beer fam um i can't believe that the month is already almost halfway over it's insane i don't understand how time goes by quickly um the good beer news let's see well, the bad the bad beer news is that Rocket Frog is closing, as we just learned. Um, I I think we're all bummed about it. The beer was so good, I don't understand. <laughs> um, so 
Like Jake just said, if you want to send them out with a bang, bid them a proper uh, adieu, go drink one last Wallops Island for me. In <laughs> um, other not sad beer news, there are some great events coming up. Other Half is having another DC Maker holiday market on the 17th, which is a Saturday. It's going to be jewelry, vintage stuff, <laughs> me. Art, hopefully some hot sauce and other edible yums, probably like bread or something. So please come check it out and come see me. Red Bear is also having another market um, on December 18th, which is the next day, which is fun. That one was, that turned out really great. Lost Generation is releasing a brand new, according to Megan, pineapple peachy, <laughs> hazy IPA today called Tropic of Capricorn. I'm really loving their momentum and literally everyone that works there love them. They're one of the breweries that will be throwing a ticketed New Year's Eve party. I'm jazzed about it. I'll probably be there. So make sure you snag your tickets before they sell out. I also saw that Silver Branch is throwing another New Year's Eve party this year. So check out their ticketed event. Astrolab has some new brews, which one of which is my has my full attention. It has all that mosaic in there. It's called Depth Charger. And uh, they have some other uh, beers coming out. So go check them out. I just saw uh, Mike Stein's old stomping ground on the gram. DC Brow has some dope ass new zip up hoodies that like, I kind of want one. Um, I feel like any beard nerd would be super grateful to get some cool beer gear to wear. And if you can't decide on one brewery in particular to rep, you always, always can buy some DC beer gear. Rep the DC beer crew and all of DC beer, DMV, beanies, shirts, etc. So there's that. And did you guys hear that craft beer seller? was voted one of the best beer shops in the country. Like, what? DC Beer. Burr, 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 burr. Yeah. I voted for it like three times, Erica. <laughs> so congrats, Erica. Dollar, she is always slaying that. She's always at work. So, um, uh, yes. and, and she's always putting out great events. She's in the public. She's just, she's just a uh, beer giver. And I love that. So shout out to Erica. Erica. She's on the grind. Please (laughs) let me know if she's on your mind. (laughs) So that's, that's just a a slice of all of the events that are happening in December. Uh, That's not even including half of the other breweries we, we have going on. Uh, So if you love slash like uh you should follow all the brewery the local breweries or obviously follow dc beer and we'll give you all the information that you need but um go support and give to local beer people and um local businesses because it's the time of year to give and drink yes yes it's the most wonderful time for a beer (laughs) oh i see what you did there very nice very nice very nice (laughs) You know, it's the season for Saison. Uh, it's the Saison season. And just last week, I had some wonderful Saison uh, at the right proper brew pub. Uh, hashtag blaze on with your Saison. And they actually had a Saison uh, brewed with pineapple sage that was grown right here in D.C. Um, and we want to give a massive shout out to our friend Lily. 
uh, who's been a wonderful brewer at Right Proper. So I had some of her beer. I had uh, some of the beer Barrett uh, Barrett Lauer, who uh, formerly was you know head brewer at the District Chop House. Um, he's got a wet hop pilsner with hops that were grown in his backyard. Uh, Lily brewed a uh, like a, a wine grape saison. I think the wine grapes were grown in uh, Leah owner uh, Leah and Thor uh, Cheston's yard. There's like all these uh, saisons on at Ray Proper right now. Um, but I have to say, even though the saisons were money, the beet salad. Uh, red and golden beets with apples, a little mm. uh, wonderful cheese. Like, it's so funny because we love the high-quality beer coming out of Right Proper, but the cheese. Oh, my God, the cheese. Um, <laughs> so go give your hard-earned dollars to the hard-working brewing staff in the District of Columbia. We love them all dearly. Um, speak with your dollars. Support the uh, businesses that you know and love. Brandy, what else do you have uh, uh, that's coming down the pike? Yeah, well, it's just one quick thing because I know when I had a significant other that I was married to for 8,000 years, um, I always gifted him beer. So every year I he got a membership to the Funker Dome. Well, it was, I got the Funker Dome because he didn't like sour mm. beers. What a weirdo. Um, but <laughs> I got him the Illuminati Um, I gave him the membership to the brewery. So honestly, it's, it's such a fun gift. And most of my beer friends are, are members of some sort of local brewery. Um, but Fair Isle Brewing, which is not local to DC, but they are available in DC. They ship to DC. We had a whole fun DC beer night. Jake came over, but they are selling their membership where they, they mail, their beer to mm. DC if you, if you want to. Mm. So, but it's going to be yeah. closing soon. So I wanted to give them a shout out because they nice. did send us some, some really great beer and I wouldn't be mad about getting some fair isle beer. Some dynamite save yeah. on coming. Yeah. I want to second that. Um, LCL is by far the best Saison I had this year. Um, it's, it's stupidly good. It's mm. yeah. Go get it. It's Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so if DC beer is giving props to a, a, a Washington state brewery, you should, you should be a member. <laughs> so shout out to, <laughs> shout out to everybody over there. So, uh, other than that, just keep a, a lookout on all of our social media for random events that we share. Cause we, if you, especially if you're a local brewer uh, or someone who works at the brewery, uh, if you share information with us or add anything to our events page on our website, we will share, get the word out, retweet, repost. Um, we want you, all you all to feel seen and heard, and um, we want everyone to come see you. So make sure you all are doing that. And if you hear something cool, just let us know. Other than that, enjoy your December until we until you hear our voices again. <laughs> Adios, amigos. Bye, everybody. Same bad time, next, same bad channel.